Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. morning everybody. Let's talk about Daniel. Daniel was a very successful, trustworthy and loyal public servant. He was a senior administrator and leader, national leader under three Babylonian kings and now he is in his 80s and he's now serving under a new empire called the Medo-Persian Empire under a new king. And so he's not just so good at what he does, but he loves God and he worships God. But then there's one night, well, being an official in this Persian government, that Daniel finds himself alone in a cold, dreadful lion's den. How did that happen? He's a faithful servant of God, a faithful public servant. Why was Daniel in such a terrifying situation? Well, the short answer and the more literal answer is because there were some jealous high officials in the Persian Empire, and they wanted to get rid of Daniel. And so they found a way of doing it through some legal meandering, and that's how Daniel ended up in this situation. But there's a theological response to this question. How did Daniel end up in the lion's den? And it's because this was God's will. God wanted to be glorified through the situation and let the whole world know that God is one who delivers. Our God delivers. And that's what we're looking at today as we look at Daniel chapter 6. And over the next two Sundays, we will look at Daniel chapter 6. Today's more like an overview, and next week we do a deeper dive into Daniel chapter 6. See how God delivers, and He delivers in His time, in His ways, and for His glory. Let's look at the first one. Our God delivers in His time. Now at the end of Daniel chapter 5, we read that King Belshazzar, who is the Babylonian co-regent king, He's been killed. And this ushers in a new empire in that region called the Medo-Persian Empire. And now when they invaded Babylon and took over, it is at 539 BC. Daniel was exiled in 605 BC and he'd been serving under Babylonian kings for 66 years. It was said that Daniel was around about his late teens when he entered into the king's service, King Nebuchadnezzar. And now 66 years later, he would have been in his 80s. He's an old man, but a faithful servant. And in Daniel chapter 6, verse 1, we're introduced to the Persian king. His name is Darius. And he puts under him 120 satraps. What are satraps? They are governors over a province. So there are 120 governors over 120 provinces. It's a huge empire. And under and over these governors are three high officials. One of them 
is Daniel. And Daniel is such an excellent servant, public servant, that King Darius wants to put him in charge of the entire kingdom. He was distinguished with an excellent spirit. That sounds great. There's one problem. All the other high officials and satraps, they didn't like this. They're thinking to themselves, what is going on? This Daniel, he is a Jew. He's a foreigner. Why should a foreigner rule over our empire? We are the mighty Persians. We need to get rid of this guy. And so they started thinking, how are we going to do this? And when they went to do some investigation, they found there's no way we can trap this guy. We find no fault in him. But they realized that this Daniel, he loved his God, he worshipped his God, and he came up with a way to get rid of Daniel. And that is to come up with a law that is in connection with the law of his God. So one day they went to King Darius, they had a paper document, and they suggested to King Darius that whoever takes petition to any God or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the lion's den. They found a way. They conspired to get rid of Daniel. You think about this. Daniel, he's in his 80s. He's worked for 66 years. He's loyal. He's trustworthy. He's excellent in what he does. He's distinguished amongst all his peers. And he's worshipped God, loves God, even prays to God three times a day. What did Daniel deserve to get this? If our God is a sovereign God and in charge of all things, why would he allow Daniel to go through such a trial, to be thrown into a lion's den? It doesn't make sense. But you see, this is God's timing to deliver, to show his deliverance power his glory. Our God delivers in his time. You see, sometimes God's will, it's puzzling. Pastor Edmund Chan said this, that God's will is totally sovereign, gloriously redemptive, sometimes puzzling, but always perfect. In this case here, we say that God has his timing, that he will allow it Daniel in his 80s, this faithful man of God, will go through such a trial under a Persian government. God delivers in his time. God also delivers in his ways. See, there are three main characters in this story. They're the conspirators, the people that wanted to get rid of Daniel. There's Daniel and there's King Darius. And each of them are trying to find their way through this situation. First, the conspirators, oh, we don't like this Daniel, we get rid of him. We find a law, we scheme together, we get King Darius to sign this law into reality, and we will trap Daniel. Daniel heard that King Darius, he signed this law. What did Daniel do? He went to his house. He went to the upper room of his chamber. He opened up the windows, he knelt before Jerusalem, and he prayed three times. And how did he start his prayer? Then he kneeled down and go, oh God, you must rescue me from the clutches of the 
king and rescue me from the lion's den. No, he didn't. The Bible says that the first thing that Daniel did was he gave thanks to God. It also mentions he made petition to God like he always does, frequently does, which means he does it daily. This is Daniel who placed his hands, his life in the hands of the Almighty God through all situations. That's how Daniel found his way. What about King Darius? You see, the conspirators, they then found Daniel on his knees making petition to a God other than King Darius. And they reported this to King Darius with excitement. They said, see, we found Daniel, your law servant. He has broken your law. Now you need to throw him to the lion's den. And this made King Darius really restless inside. He was thinking to himself, how am I going to get Daniel out of this? This is my loyal public servant. I want to make him in charge of the whole empire. What am I going to do? He tries to find a loophole. He tries to find a way. But there's no other alternative. Because the law has been signed by him. And so, he has no choice but to have Daniel arrested and sent to the lion's den. Lion's den is underground. There's a mouth to this den or this pit. And they have to throw him in. And when he's thrown in, this is what King Darius says to Daniel. May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. Deliver you. And then they placed a stone. And they brought it and they laid it on the mouth of the den. And then they sealed it. First King Darius, he seals it with his seal. And then the lords have to seal that den as well. Which means even if Daniel wanted to open up the den, he couldn't do it unless he had the approval of all the other lords. Daniel's fate was sealed. And then the night fell. And there was Daniel, cold, alone, in this dark, dreadful lion's den. That night, King Darius, he found no entertainment, he fasted, and he could not sleep. And the sun rose. And we read that King Darius hastily made his way to the lion's den. Obviously, the other lords would have had to be with him as they opened up the mouth of the den. And then, King Darius shouted down into the den and says, Oh, Daniel! Daniel! Has the Lord whom you serve, serve, serve delivered you? And there's silence. Have you ever watched a reality show? Sometimes when you get to a very dramatic moment in the reality show, the camera will zoom to one character, and another character, and another character, and everyone was, and then the music both uh, kind of drums up, boom, 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 boom. It's that kind of moment right here. And then a voice emerges from the den. It's the old 80-plus-year-old Daniel. 
who says, O King, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths and they have not harmed me. Me, me. Wow. Can you imagine the surprise and the shock of everyone there? This is Daniel who is in a den filled with hungry lions. They deliberately starved these lions so that anyone who's thrown in the den would be devoured immediately. But God delivered in his ways. Now God could have chosen other ways. Imagine with me. For example, maybe Daniel's caught, thrown into the lion's den. The lions leaped up and they ate Daniel alive. But then God will raise up another servant of God and he would rule. He could have done that. Or Scully would have said, you know what, the satraps, while they're scheming away, suddenly one of them, oh, have a heart attack. No, I won't have a heart attack. Oh, they all have a heart attack. And then Daniel's delivered. I mean, there are many different ways in which he could have been delivered, but this was God's way. And it's done in a pretty spectacular way. Why? It will be a story that will be told in the whole empire and told for many generations. And even today, there are people who have never been to church that know about Daniel and the lion's den. It is his way. And at the end, what happened? The conspirators, plus their family members, were thrown into that den. And before their bodies hit the floor, they were devoured by the lions. What a horrific death. See, this is God's way. See, God delivers not just in His timing, not just in His ways, but also for His glory. For it is written at the end of Daniel chapter 6, that King Darius made a decree, for people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. He delivers and rescues. In other words, no one can fool this God of Daniel. No one can play the fool with him. No one can try to outsmart him or outwit him. This God is a God who is sovereign, who's in control. We are to fear and tremble before him. You shall not try to outplay the servants of Daniel's God, or Daniel himself. For this God is the living God, the powerful God who saved him from the lion. Our God delivers for His glory. He delivers in His time, in His ways, and for His glory. Now some of us will recognize that Daniel chapter 6 seems to parallel Daniel chapter 3. In Daniel chapter 3, Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were delivered from the fiery furnace. And we see a lot of parallels in the story. But both Daniel chapter 3 and Daniel chapter 6, they foreshadow or anticipate another grand story in Scripture. It is Jesus and the cross. You see, in Daniel and the lion's den, there were jealous high officials. In Jesus and the cross, there were jealous chief priests and elders. We see in this story in Daniel, King Darius' dilemma. How do I save Daniel? Jesus on the cross, there was Pilate's dilemma. This man has done no wrong. I shall wash my hands. 
Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel was condemned to the lion's den. Jesus was condemned to the cross. The den is sealed. The tomb is sealed. The next morning, there's running to the den and there's running to the tomb. Then Daniel is raised up unharmed and Jesus is raised from the dead. Daniel is delivered by God and God delivered humanity from the cross and the grave. Our God delivers in his time, in his way, and for his glory. Perhaps there's some of us here today that you're looking to this God to deliver you from a situation in your life. Perhaps it could be a work situation or a school situation or an army situation where you think to yourself, gee whiz, I wish God could deliver me from my work colleagues. I wish God would get rid of this colleague. He's a real pain in the neck. Doesn't do his work. Always late. I have to do his work for him. Or perhaps you are an employer. Gee, I wish that God will change all my staff members. Make their attitude better. Perhaps it's something you want God to deliver from. Or the stress of work. Or perhaps it's someone who's ill. Perhaps it's you. You may have cancer or something quite terminal. Or you have a family member or a close friend who's terminally sick, and you desire the Lord to deliver them from that illness. Could be a home situation. Maybe there's tension at home, and you wish God would deliver you from that situation. Or it could be by taking care of an elderly parent, and you pray that God will heal your parent who is living in such misery and pain. Oh, there are many reasons, and there are many things that we want God to deliver us from. And perhaps that's you today. Well, at this point in time, I want to bring your attention to a verse in Daniel chapter 6. And I invite all of us to open up our Bibles, please. And I'd like us to invite us to open up our Bibles to Daniel chapter 6, verse 23. It will not appear on the screen. I'd like us to look at it together. Daniel chapter 6, verse 23. I'm reading from the ESV version. You may have your own version. It says, Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken out from the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. He had trusted in his God. Now in the original language, Aramaic, the word trusted, is the word aman. And aman, it means to trust or believe. Now it is written in what is called the active perfect verbal tense. It's a verb, so it's written in the active perfect. What does that mean? It means that Daniel has always trusted in God in the past. And he continues to trust God in the present actively. In other words, it's not dependent on the situation. Daniel didn't just trust God because he's facing the lion's den. He has always trusted in God, believed in Him. But there's a twist. When they wrote this, they also included what's called a verbal stem, a hifo. And this deepens the meaning of this word. 
And the word literally means this, that Daniel has certainly placed his confidence in God. Certainly, confidently placed his belief, his confidence in God. He's placed his life in the hands of the Almighty God. Notice that Daniel, when he was arrested and brought to the lion's den, he did not protest, he did not fight back, he trusted God because he puts his certainty in God. It's not dependent on the situation. See, for our lives, sometimes we want to be delivered according to our ways, by our timing. But perhaps today, the Lord is calling you to surrender that control, to be delivered from this desire to have control over my situation and to say, God, I want to place it in your hands that you will deliver in your time, in your way, for your glory. Some of you know about my story about my grandmother, my amma. My son refers to her as Taipo, great-grandmother. She's now 102 years of age in Hong Kong. And this is the latest photo I have of her. My father, who lives in, my parents who live in Bangkok, managed to see her when the borders opened up and visited her in an old age home. She's old, she's frail, still alert, has dementia. And every day since I've been seven years old, I have prayed for her salvation. Every day. Until one day the Lord said, you keep praying. But what if Amma does not come to know the Lord? Will you still trust me? Will you still put your confidence in me? And this was a hard, hard question to answer. Why? Because I want to see her come to know the Lord. But it may not happen. See, God's will is totally sovereign, gloriously redemptive, sometimes puzzling, but always perfect. And I need to trust that God will deliver in His time, in His ways, for His glory. And even if my Amma does not come to know the Lord Jesus, the Lord says, keep trusting, keep placing your certainty in me. And I realize I must be delivered from having control over this. Because I want her to come to know the Lord in my way, according to my timing. And there may be other situations in your life where you desire to see the deliverance of God in your timing and in your way. But the Lord is calling us today to say, child of God, will you put your certainty in me? Will you be delivered from this desire of control and allow me to deliver you from whatever situation by my timing and in my ways for my glory? What we're going to do today for response is this. Now, some of us, some of us, we may be seated with our CG. And in a minute, I'm going to invite us as a CG to pray. 
But I've noticed that quite a lot of us, we're not with the CG. That's fine. But you're with your friends today, this morning, or a family member. And in a minute, I'm going to call us to stand and pray for one another. And so if you're not in the CG, pray as a family or pray with your friends. And if you don't have a CG, you don't have friends or family members with you here, that's okay. You can come forward during this time of prayer and we have some staff members who will pray for you. But this is what I'm going to get us to do in a minute. I'm going to ask us all to stand. And there will be some of us here We say, yes, Lord, I hear you speak to me personally on this issue. I need to be delivered from having control and relinquish that into your hands. And you want prayer. And there will be a time during this response time I'll ask you to raise your hand. And then your CG will come around to you or your family members and friends will come around to you and they will pray for you. Or perhaps all of you need prayer. Then just pair up and pray for each other. So I'm going to invite us all to stand right now. And I'm going to, to first of all, I'm going to pray for each of us. When we bow before God, perhaps the Lord is speaking to you, just as He has done for me through this passage. Perhaps today, the Lord is saying, Son, daughter, I love you. You are hanging on. You are holding tight to this situation. You want me to deliver, but it is not by my will. It's by your will. And the Lord says, would you let go? Allow me to deliver you from this control. Come into my hands. Allow me, the sovereign God, to take control. If this is you, would you respond to the Lord today? And what we're going to do is that if you, this is your prayer, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to ask your CG friends who will come around you to pray for you. Or if your CG is not, you don't have a CG, that's fine. Then you just tell your family member, your friend, would you pray for me? And if you have none of the above, we invite you to come forward for prayer. Let's do that right now. If that's you, just go to your CG or friends right now. Just put your hand up and pray with them. Let's do that. Let's do that for the next five minutes. Yeah. Let's spend some time praying. Say, pray for me. Don't be ashamed. We are family of God. Let's do that together. Come, let's do that together. Just pair up with someone if you're just with a family or a couple of friends. Say, yeah, pray for me. Let's do that. Let's pray for one another. Let's do that for the next five minutes. Pray for each other. If you need to come forward for prayer, we have people here available for you as well. Let's do that for the next five minutes. Come, let's pray.
prayer one more minute just pray Jesus, would you forgive us when we have tried to hang on and we desire our wills to be done in situations where we believe that we need to be delivered from that situation. Help us, Lord, to be like Daniel, to put our confidence and certainty in you in all situations, in all times to surrender our lives and to have our lives in completely in your sovereign hands. So Lord, help us to, to give us strength to let go and let you have control. Deliver us this day. We thank you. We thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Invite us all to be seated right now. I'd like us to continue on in this time of prayer. You see, as a church, it's very easy for us to be very inward, pray for ourselves. And this is important because we are a spiritual family. But we also need to learn how to be a church without walls, to be the church. This morning, I'd like us to pray for the nation of Myanmar. Now, this video I'm going to show us will help us know how to pray for them. I don't know when you watch these sort of scenes. impacted at all. Perhaps we are so desensitized to seeing like the, these things on the news. But it's real. This happening in Southeast Asia, our neighboring country. There's a war and they target children today. And we need to be the church and pray for the Lord to deliver Myanmar from this civil war. Because hundreds, thousands have died already. We must pray and ask and cry out to the Lord, deliver the people of Myanmar from this atrocities and this horrifying war. And in a minute, I'm going to ask us to stand and to pray with passion and with heart. What do I mean? Sometimes when we say in covenant, please stand and pray aloud. And we end up whispering. You know, sometimes I find that a bit strange. We need to pray with heart. And I'd like us to learn this. There are not many of us feeling this whole. But we want to cry out to God. Oh Lord, deliver the people of Memma. Lord, have mercy upon the children in Memma, God. Deliver them from this horrific war, we pray. Oh Lord God, we pray for salvation in Memma, God. That's the kind of prayers 
that invite us to pray right now. So are you ready? Let us all stand and let us begin to lift up our voice and to cry out to the Lord that the Lord delivers the nation of Myanmar. Come on, let's do that right now. Let's lift up our voice. Let's lift up our hands and begin to pray. Come on, let's cry out to the Lord this morning. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we come and ask for your mercy be upon the people of Myanmar, Lord. Oh, God, we pray, God, that you will rescue them out of this situation. Lord, we cry out to you, God. Oh, have mercy, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. Lord Jesus, may your name be known in every village, Lord. In every mountain. In every street. Oh, Lord. Your presence fill this nation right now, Lord. Oh, Lord, would you cause the church to be strong in the Lord in Myanmar for this meeting. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We have victory darkness over every enemy God Jesus name the name of Jesus be known let the name of Jesus be shouted out from the mountains and in the streets God let Jesus be in the darkness over every enemy spent some time listening to God's Word and we hope that the message has ministered to you. You can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.